episode 77, Our Girls Need Us. Welcome to the School of Weight Loss podcast, where we empower you to reach your healthy weight goals with less wasted effort, money, and time. This is the podcast that uses evidence-based tips and tools to simplify weight loss for the ladies who've tried it all. If you struggle with obesity or being overweight, you're tired of endless dieting and never reaching your goals and just plain tired with life, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, obesity medicine certified physician, life and weight loss certified coach, Dr. Emily Vinzan. Let's get this episode started. Hello, ladies. Our girls need us. They need us to show up for them right now in a way that is transformational. And I'm not a fan of fear monger podcast episodes, but I just want to share with you that no matter where you're at in your interaction with young girls at this point in your life, they need us more than ever. So I want you to start by just thinking of some of the younger girls in your life who you can impact before you even start to listen to this podcast episode. Whether it's your granddaughters, your daughters, girls in your neighborhood, girls you interact with at the grocery store, our girls are in need of us and how we show up is going to change the future for them. So as you could guess, this is gonna be a slightly different type of podcast episode for me, but I wanna share with you guys why exactly. So I just got back from a beautiful weekend in Branson, Missouri. A bunch of the ladies from my little town went to a conference called the Favored Women Conference. It was a Christian women's conference, but many of them brought their daughters with them and they're all like teenage age. So it's been in my mind interacting with them all weekend, seeing just these beautiful young girls, you know, they're so naive and they're so sweet and they just are, you know, have all these fun questions and they ask questions that we did not ask back at that age, (laughs) right? But they're wanting to grow as humans and they're looking to us as being that older example of what that means. So I had this beautiful weekend with these young ladies. Now I will share with you, for those of you who've listened to the podcast, I wanted my daughter to come. She didn't take me up on it. And that was a little heartache for me. So if you guys are in a place where you're like, oh, must be nice. I want you to know that we're all going through this and I'm going through this myself too. I don't have all the answers here. I'm just going to pose some new thoughts for you all to consider and where my brain is at with this because I came home and I was reading JAMA, which is the Journal of the American Medical Association, and they have a beautiful article in this month about teen girls are faring worse than boys on nearly all mental health measures. Here's why. And I read this and I just cried because I think for those of you who relate to this podcast and have spent some time listening to my podcast, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, it's my story on steroids. (laughs) So I'm just going to share with you some of the facts that have come out. We know, right, that teens are struggling in general. And I think we like to blame it all on social media and COVID-19, right? And there's a lot of truth there. But those are also things that feel very out of our control. We can't change COVID-19. And frankly, ladies, we're not changing social media, right? And I think this is easy to look at as this big picture issue And that's why I said, I want you all to start by considering the young girls in your life who you can impact. Because when you hear what I'm about to read you, I want you to realize that this might be something you relate to on a much more personal level than just COVID-19 and social media. 
So this started with the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, doing a survey. And in the past three decades that they've done this survey, they reported that there's never been a time when teen girls have reported more sadness, hopelessness, and suicide attempts. There has never been a time in the last 30 years when they've seen the levels as high in girls reporting this for themselves. Now, boys are up too but girls are proportionally up way more than boys are. And in this article, they interviewed um, Misty Richards, who's a child and reproductive psychiatrist out of UCLA. She runs UCLA's Child and Adolescent Psychiatry Fellowship. So she's got pretty good knowledge on this. And I want you all to hear what she said in her quote, our teen girls are not okay. She references one patient who she said, after receiving a college rejection letter, attempted suicide. And she said her self-worth was measured in achievement and external accolades. And she felt she couldn't be anything other than perfect. She felt she couldn't be anything other than perfect. Later in the article, they talk about the specific toll that we're seeing on girls from social media and COVID-19. In terms of COVID-19, they say that the girls who are accustomed to a greater level of emotional intimacy, nurturing relationships and support with their peers during COVID, that was disrupted and they turned more to social media to get that. And then the more time they spent on social media meant they were seeing unrealistic messaging about ideal body size and shape. We are seeing a tremendous increase in girls with eating disorders. And Richards says in her quote, it's hard to operate in a harsh society driven by social media that puts so much stress and emphasis on a moving target of perfection that doesn't exist. Puts so much emphasis on a moving target of perfection that doesn't exist. So here's what we know, ladies. Our girls need us and they need us in a different way. As I was thinking about this and frankly crying, I'm almost in tears talking about it now. What came up for me? was my 19-year-old daughter. We've gone through a couple hard years, and she's more private than I am, so I don't want to overshare here. But here's what I want you to know. I think of how I raised my daughter, and she's right in this age range. And I know that she's getting those messages from social media. I know that COVID-19 was isolating for her. But what hurts the most is to consider that during that time frame, they weren't isolated from us. They were at home with their families. And I asked myself, did I do the right thing raising her? Those of you who know much about my story, I also have a five-year-old and their personalities could not be more different. My 19-year-old is quiet, kind, go with the flow. My five-year-old is spunky as all get out. And I am raising my daughter so differently because of the work that I did. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's very different. And I want to share with you that I'm very aware of these things. And I think on some level, all of us are. But I also know that my 19-year-old daughter was raised by a girl who said those same things. The girl who measured her self-value in achievement and external accolades and didn't think she could be anything less than perfect. Now, we didn't have social media back then. I remember looking at, you know, Rachel on Friends or, you know, magazine articles. People Magazine was a big thing right then. But imagine now when you're feeling bad about yourself because you're not perfect, being bombarded by those messages. We got one People Magazine a week and one Friends episode, right? (laughs) 
they get it constantly, ladies. I think so often we turn to this idea that like, get them off social media, right? Shut down all that impact. Yeah, there's such a place for that. But I want you to notice that you're here too. You're here too. No matter what girls you're interacting with, what are you showing them in your life? So for me, with my 19-year-old daughter, that was my story, right? I think that as in all things in life, feminism has both sides. In our family, it was like the family joke that I was the feminist. I kind of was, right? Like I am big, you could guess, into female power. I am big into females owning their power and being empowered. I'm big into removing limits. That is coaching, right? (laughs) That being said, I think of the mom that raised my daughter, me versus my own mother. And the amount of levels that I could beat myself up on perfection against were even more than my mom experienced and more than her mom experienced. And now our girls are experiencing it on an even bigger level with social media. So like my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She was fantastic. She made amazing meals. She always picked us up from practice. She always was there for us. She was great. She did not financially provide for our family. Some moms did, some didn't. And feminism gave us that ability to do that. But then I came along and I wanted to be my mom and my dad both perfectly. So I wanted to be a working physician providing for her family and having all the meals ready on the table and the grocery list done and picking the kids up on time and all of those things. And holding myself to that perfect standard was exhausting to the point that it's not surprising to me that I raised a 19-year-old who is quiet, is go with the flow, feels that she has to be perfect at everything because she was raised by me. And now I think of these girls having that example of someone like me and like you, plus throwing in the perfect looks constantly on top of it. It hurts my heart. It hurts my heart for them. And it hurts my heart for us moms and grandmas who just want to be there for them, but don't quite know how to fix this, right? As I said to begin with, let's own what we can. We're not changing social media, ladies. I'm sorry. We're just not. I listen to marketing stuff and It's like my growth right now. And they're like, listen, this younger generation is not drawn even to brands. They're drawn to what we call attractive characters. Like they want to relate to the person. They want the drink that the person drinks. It's becoming more and more and more in their face. We're not going to change that. But there are things we absolutely can change. And I just want you to consider that. And I want you to know this is my work too. I think of my 19-year-old and my heart says in so many ways, how did I fail her? I was doing everything I thought for her. I would have told you, and I still would tell you, I did everything for that child I could do. But it definitely came with a cost. And I have found strength in two huge places to do this. And I want to share with you what I've learned. And I want you to know it's still a work in progress. And I want you to know that at this conference, Annie F. Downs spoke, and she's beautiful and fantastic. And she talked about planting seeds. I think it's Mark 426, planting the seeds that we will later harvest. And I just want you all to know that just planting the seeds is enough, right? We don't have to be perfect at changing our perfectionism. We don't have to be perfect at it. We can just plant seeds in ourselves and in the girls around us. So first of all, I want to say that when I took on weight loss coaching, I had that same internal debate of like, Am I playing into diet culture? Am I playing into perfect bodies? Am I playing into this mindset that like, you can only think you're good enough if you look perfect? Because that is social media messaging, right? I see doctors out there showing their abs all the time. 
It's wild to watch, right? As a human, I don't think I'll likely ever be that person. But (laughs) that being said, there is a difference between dieting and being healthy. And so from the diet standpoint, in Dr. Emily's School of Weight Loss, we focus on the healthy you. The healthy you. The healthy you. And that includes getting a healthier relationship with your body, getting a healthier relationship with food, getting a healthier relationship with your spouse, your children, your life. It is a much bigger picture issue than just a diet, okay? So I wanna cover that first because when we consider the problems that these girls are struggling with, where they need us, they need us to show up as healthy examples in our lives first. We can tell them all we want, But if we don't show up that way, they'll never learn it. And a little shift there is just a seed that they will watch and change themselves. It may not happen in the time frame you want it to, right? That's when we start to push it down their throats. Like, I just want to go back to my daughter and be like, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to be driven by perfectionism anymore. I'm trying to show you a healthy relationship of myself and my body and all that. I'm trying, I'm trying, right? And she can hear me for a second, but when she sees me planting those seeds in my own life, I will naturally start to plant them in her too. So I wanna give you a few seeds that I have learned. If you are focused on creating the healthy you, that means creating a healthy relationship with yourself first. And we can show our daughters that and we can teach them that. So one of the biggest mistakes that I see my ladies make, and this is something I learned through coaching, is that we hide our feelings. It's interesting, I had a discussion with my mom about this this last week. You guys are getting real raw right now. And I said, in our family, it kind of became this joke that it was like the crazy girls when we had emotions, when we felt feelings, right? It was like, oh, the girls are crazy, you know? And I think many of you maybe grew up in an environment that was like that. It's interesting to note that in this article, they reference that sexual abuse was also on the rise in younger girls. The most common place for that to be reported is to teachers. And during COVID, they didn't have that same level of interaction. And I thought about that a lot yesterday as well, because I thought, why aren't they going to their families? Why are they going to teachers? And I think it's because it's a safer place to feel feelings. It's a safer place to know that you will be heard. And we model that first, ladies. If we don't feel comfortable feeling feelings in ourselves, and then we hide it from our daughters, they never see a place where it's okay to feel feelings without being a crazy girl. Learning that is a process, right? But you can model it very simply. And I wanna tell you how I do it with my five-year-old now that I've learned coaching. And I do it with my 19-year-old, but. She doesn't listen quite as much, but she gets to see it, right? Here's what I say with her. When your five-year-old or or even your teen comes to you crying, it's a very simple little shift to say, I see you, I understand you feel this, and that's okay. One of the things I've shared on this podcast many times is that to be human is to experience all the feelings, right? So we normalize it for them to feel the feelings. Now, what I tell my five-year-old is the actions that you choose may or may not be okay. But to feel sad, to feel upset, to feel hurt is fine. That's to be human. I think one of the biggest issues with social media is they just see the positive in everybody else's lives and they don't know how to interact with negative emotions. And think about this for us. If we don't know how to, we can never model that for them. 
So my tip number one is just to feel the feelings in front of your children and honor them feeling feelings. You don't have to honor the actions that they choose. Let's look at this from a weight loss example. When you're sad, when you're frustrated, when you're upset and you turn to food, you can honor that you're sad, upset, and frustrated and look at why you're feeling that way. And you're gonna get way better results than if you tell yourself you should never feel sad, frustrated. And inherently what we do is we eat away those emotions. So in that space, we're honoring being the healthiest version of ourselves. And we're showing them how to do that by example and by teaching them. It's okay to feel this. I understand you feel that. And then you can take on the action. The second space that I think we make a huge mistake is this whole story of like, you can and should have it all. You can and should be perfect at it all. Listen, I think we've debunked that in many levels. Like you can have it all at different points in your life, but you can't have it all at once. But we've set these girls up with external accolades and achievements being their value and they see nothing underneath it. Where do you think that comes from? Culturally, that's what we look at. It is our culture. There is no strength underneath it. It's the external accolades and achievements. And I'll tell you personally, for me and my medical training, we are essentially in many ways defeminized. By that I mean, in all fairness, you probably don't want your doctor crying harder than you when they give you a diagnosis. I think there's some reasons. Like you're gonna be really worried if your doctor is crying more than you when they're dealing with your end of life care, right? We do need to be trained that way. But in that process, we're removing the humanity from so much of this. And so when we all show up in this perfect, chasing all these accolades, and then something fails, what have they got behind them? Where do they see their value? I would add in that I think it's really interesting that this generation also doesn't want to stand out because of bullying, cyberbullying. They don't want to be abnormal, but they want to be abnormal. That's a really hard place to be. And I think that's where one of the biggest reasons why we're seeing the suicide risks increase. Because at least for our generation, we were like, yeah, I'm going after that. But we didn't have everybody to beat us up on social media for going after that. They might say something, but that was about as far as you were going to get with it. Now it's like, I want to stand out and I don't want to stand out. And that is a place to come into life from that is just a lose-lose. They can't beat that. Ladies, our girls need us. They need us to model this for them. For me, that has been being very true and very honest about the price that came with the achievements and accolades I had. I share that on the podcast all the time. I had them all. I was miserable. I loved Annie F. Downs who spoke this weekend and said, I talk about the fact that I'm single and in my 40s because people need to hear that. Like I'm a great author. She was just in the Wall Street Journal. Interestingly, talking about the growth of faith in our young people as well. Where they are seeing these increased suicide rates and depression rates, they're also seeing a growth of faith. And she said, us being real about the price that we pay when we go after perfection and make that our value. Make that our value. I don't think there's anything wrong with going after achievements. But that's just something you're choosing to do. It's an action. It's not your value. It's an action. And as I said before, the feelings and thoughts behind it are so important to look at. If you're telling yourself, okay, if I become a doctor, like my dad, I won't be a crazy girl anymore, and everybody will say I'm good enough, and then you get there and you still feel like a crazy girl because you have feelings, welcome to the plight of our girls, ladies. It was my story, and it was probably a lot of yours. And my heart's breaking for them because 
I wish we could be a different example. I can't protect them from going through this. You can't either, but we can be that space. For my teachers who are listening to this, gosh, ladies, you have so much power. For my moms, for my grandmas, for ladies with a young girl that's their neighbor, be that space for them. I know this means you have to do the work yourself first. And as I said, I'm even a work in progress, but please don't tell yourself you have to be perfect in order to make that little seed. I just want to share with you all in this episode, if you have daughters or granddaughters, yes, I coach women, I coach ladies, but listen, if you've got a young girl who needs someone to hear them, I'm here, I'm here. Let's teach them to have a healthy relationship with themselves, to have a healthy relationship with their bodies, to have a healthy relationship with their value. Let's turn this around. Lastly, I want to address this growth of faith. You all know that in the last year, I've shared with my ladies in Dr. Only School of Weight Loss, my biggest growth has been in my faith. And I believe truly God showed me coaching and it changed my life. But it started by a simple prayer. And I want you to just consider offering this to the girls around you. And I tell my daughter all the time, my 19-year-old, this is the number one thing I tell her. Hey, have you just thought about asking God to just help you find the path that was meant for you? It's not a perfect path for none of us. My daughter shared with me, like I said, I don't like to talk too much about that because she's pretty private. But one thing she said to me was that, Mom, I just need to get past my insecurity. (laughs) I said, oh, love, you'll never get past your insecurity. (laughs) I just carry it around with me. Doing things like a podcast, taking on weight loss coaching for a girl who struggled with weight her whole adult life. There's so much insecurity there. I just pull it around with me. It's a lot of fun. And it's what makes me relate because I am human. Last time I checked, I'm not God. And I think in many ways, eesh, this is a harsh one to hear ladies, but I think in many ways us ladies have modernized the God complex to be the modern mom. We gotta be everything to everybody all the time, perfect at it, all knowing, all powerful to fix everything for our children. And then we wonder why our teenage girls are struggling because they think they're gonna have to be that and have a perfect body and look perfectly while they do it. If you wanna just know the simplest prayer, that's what I say. Oh, honey, just ask God to help you find the path that he has meant for you. He knows. I just finished a Bible study on Esther with my little group of ladies. That's why we went to Branson because they were doing a show of Esther and it was amazing. And I have so many thoughts of fasting that are coming your way in the near future based off that. But I just want to share with you that today, as we read it, Beth Moore was talking about the whole premise for her Bible study is that it's tough being a woman, right? It's tough being a woman. It's so relatable. Esther, for those of you who don't know the story, is just an amazing example of showing up in circumstances at a time where she felt unempowered and taking the power and empowering her people by doing so. And she does it interestingly with fasting. We'll talk about that more in the future. But I want to share with you just a couple things that Beth Moore shared today on this topic. And one of her scenarios was, it's tough being a woman in the tight fist of fear. Right? I think our girls are so afraid and driven by fear. And interestingly, the opposite of fear is being driven by faith. I think that's why they're turning more and more turning to faith. Because you can be driven by fear or faith. Those are the two things that are going to drive you. And in Nehemiah 4.14, it says, do not be afraid. And essentially to paraphrase, it says, fight for your home, fight for your family. Do not be afraid. And what she says is that big battles are best won by teams, common people with uncommon power. 
And I want to share with you ladies that each and every one of us have young ladies in our lives. They need us. You may think you need to fix you first, and that's great. On some level, we all do. Trust me, that work is endless. <laughs> right? I'm in it. You can join me in Dr. Emily's School of Weight Loss, right? That's fine. We'll help you create the healthy you. But don't wait to start until you're there. That's perfectionist thinking. Start now. They need us now. These girls, as I looked at them, I think they reported 57% of girls reported feeling sad, hopeless, and depressed. And as I got home, I thought of the girls that I spent the weekend with, and I thought, I would never have guessed that, right? I would never have guessed that. You don't know, ladies. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And so just being the seed, plant the seed for them. Be the example. Do the work for yourself, but start by just planting a little seed. Show them it's okay to feel feelings. Show them that perfectionism isn't the goal and isn't the human experience. As the article quoted, it's an endless moving target. Be an example. My favorite quote, she's clothed in strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. That's my favorite Bible verse. If you're not a Bible girl, she believes she could, so she did. And that means work on you too. I think if we all can just be common people coming together to be a big team to take on this battle, actually don't think it's divided, like between the feminists, the non-feminists, the this, the that. We all want the same goal. We all want our girls to be strong and healthy. We don't want to saddle them with the burdens that we create and reinforce. So please just do, I'm going to give you a little action this week. Find a girl around you and plant a seed. Just look for a space, plant a seed. Have a great week, ladies. If you love today's episode, make sure to share it with a friend who needs to hear it too. Leave me a review and click subscribe to get the latest updates on all my new podcast episodes. Ready to reach your healthy weight goals and drop the endless diet cycle? Head on over to emilyvinzantmd.com and learn more about working with me in Dr. Emily's School of Weight Loss, my virtual weight loss coaching program. The link is in my show notes.